Thank you for listening to the Limitless Spirit Podcast. This is the conversation about faith, hope, and the impact we're designed to make as Christians on the world around us. Your host, Helen Todd, the Vice President of World Missions Alliance, has spent over two decades traveling to the world's hotspots to meet the spiritual and physical needs of those who are desperate. She interviews guests from different walks of life whose stories, books, and ideas examine today's most pressing issues and challenges of being a Christian today and inspire you to action. Really, I had kind of lost everything I knew. I didn't have my physical health anymore. I couldn't go to school because I was so sick. I had lost my friendships because they couldn't understand what I was going through. I lost my family because neither my parents were stable enough to really provide the emotional and physical care I needed. And so I really didn't have anything left in that moment. And then my, um, my emotional health was also struggling with anxiety and depression because of a long-term illness and my parents' divorce. And so really, I didn't have anything in those moments. But because I didn't have anything, because I had lost everything I knew, is when I was able to find God the most. Kenna Coward is only 23 years old, but already has been through a lot. A rare and debilitating heart condition, mental health struggles, eating disorder, and a pornography addiction. Through these challenges, however, she has learned that God can heal a body and a soul in a single moment. She truly learned how to hold on to hope when the reality challenges this healing. I'm Helen Todd, the host of the Limitless Spirit podcast, and I thank you for listening to this episode. Kenna's story is very encouraging for anyone who still struggles with brokenness in the soul and body after accepting Christ. Salvation doesn't exempt us from struggles or the temptation of sin, but it does empower us to overcome it. I think this story is very fitting for the week when we prepare to celebrate the resurrected Christ. His resurrection is the promise and the hope of physical and spiritual restoration. And this is what this episode is about. Hello, Kiana. Thank you for coming to the Limitless Spirit podcast. Of course. Thank you so much for having me, Helen. Having just returned from a mission trip with you in Mexico and having heard your testimony there, I'm excited to share it with our listeners. So. Let's dive right into it. Where would you say your story begins? I would say it probably began really when I was at a pretty young age. When I was probably around three years old, I was watching this video on like, it was probably a cartoon of Jesus healing people. And I asked my parents, I said, I want to be able to heal people like Jesus. How would I do that? And they said, well, through prayer, of course. Or I could become a doctor or a nurse and go into the medical field. So really, since that day, Jesus had been put on my heart. I didn't really pursue him yet, but I didn't know of him. And then I had also wanted to be able to go into the medical field and be able to help people that way as well. So that's really where my journey kind of started at a really young age. And then it just really progressed from there. This is interesting because I've always believed that a calling to medical field professionally is just that, a calling. It's it's such a commitment in life. So it is interesting to hear in your testimony the confirmation to that. So ever since you were little, you knew you were called to the medical field. So your parents, they, were they Christians then? 
they were Christians. They both grew up in the church. And so they did raise me in the church. However, I don't think their hearts really were in it. They did know the Bible very well, but they didn't always practice it in their marriage and then how they raised me as well. And so that led to some challenging times for you growing up. Yes. So my parents' marriage was always very rocky. They would always argue a lot. They would always threaten each other with divorce. Every argument kind of came to that conclusion, well, we should just get a divorce. And so that's kind of how I grew up. I was an only child. And so I was always put in the middle of those arguments and those fights. And so I grew up watching my dad be emotionally abusive to my mom and me as well some of the time. And then because of my mom's hurt that was caused by my dad's words, she then expressed that same thing to me. And so she would be emotionally abusive to me. So I really had to grow up very quickly. And I really think a lot of my innocence was lost at a young age because of this. So did you lean on your faith during those times? When I was younger, I would like to say I did. I think I really just clung to my own self-control as a kid because I was trying to control something because everything around me was out of my control. And so I think I tried to, but until I was about the age of 13, my faith was not my own. But one day at church, I had gone by myself. My mom dropped me off and just let me go. And there was a call for baptisms that day. And I truly felt the Holy Spirit just stirring in my heart saying, go get baptized. I'm calling you today. And so I responded to that. And so the same day that I got saved and accepted Jesus into my heart, I also got baptized. So after that, really, my relationship with the Lord just grew exponentially. Yeah, at the age of 13, I was baptized and I accepted Jesus into my heart and really started to learn about this God that my parents had told me about, but never really shown me. You mentioned in your testimony that it is also at the age, around the age of 13, where you started having challenges of your own. Yes. So it was kind of interesting that obviously my parents had had struggles, but around that same time when I accepted Jesus is really when everything in my life really turned upside down. So at 13, I accepted Christ. And in the midst of that, my parents were finally getting a divorce. And so I had accepted Christ. I was like, this is going to be great. He's going to be able to support me in everything. And it's really beautiful looking at the timing of when the Lord chose to really just place that call in my life to come to him because I did not know how hard my life was about to get. And so I accepted Christ. Then after my parents got divorced, I had to choose who to live with. I was thrown in the middle of a really nasty divorce. It really was. And so at this point, I knew how to cling to the Lord. I was studying my Bible. I was really, I was going to church three days a week. He was my source of refuge during that time. And so after that was really when all the major trials in my life started to begin. And I see how the Lord chose to come into my life at that moment because he knew how much I was going to need him in the years to come. So tell me a little bit more about the struggles that you faced in those teenage years. Yeah, of course. So it's kind of funny how the timeline works. It was accepted Jesus, parents got divorced. And then about six months later, I was diagnosed with a really debilitating heart condition that was really hard to diagnose. A lot of doctors didn't know what it was. It was a struggle to really even get a diagnosis with it while I was struggling with my parents' divorce and also now struggling with this major health condition. So this heart condition had me hospitalized many times. I had to go in ambulances to the hospital and then both my parents would show up and be in arguments at the hospital or in the midst of the doctor's appointments and stuff like that. So 
it was a hard time to really have any peace in those situations. So the divorce combined with this heart condition um, really caused a lot of anxiety and depression in my life. It was hard to watch my parents go through this struggle and be in the middle of it than while my physical health is struggling. And then because of all these things, none of my friends really knew what I was going through. I mean, I was 14. It's hard for other 14-year-olds to really understand. But because of that, all my friends left as well. And so at this point in my life, really, I had kind of lost everything I knew. I didn't have my physical health anymore. I couldn't go to school because I was so sick. I had lost my friendships because they couldn't understand what I was going through. I lost my family because neither my parents were stable enough to really provide the emotional and physical care I needed. And so I really didn't have anything left in that moment. And then my, um, my emotional health was also struggling with anxiety and depression because of a long-term illness and my parents divorced. And so really I didn't have anything in those moments, but because I didn't have anything, because I had lost everything I knew is when I was able to find God the most. It was in those moments where I was just at home during the day because I couldn't be in school and I was away from my parents and friends that I really got to delve into God's word. And looking back on that, I am so incredibly thankful that he took away everything I knew because I, I didn't have anything left. So I had to rely on him and I had to learn his word and I had to learn his promises over my life and really cling to those. From that point on, sadly, your challenges were not over. And so then was it the result of the anxiety and depression that caused you to develop the eating disorder as well? I believe so eventually. So I kind of struggled with it due to this um, heart condition. I lost a lot of weight just because I was my body was just trying to make up for what my heart couldn't do. And so for a few years following that, I kind of had lost a lot of weight. And so I think as a teenage girl, you kind of enjoy that because you want to look a certain way. But then when I was around 17, the Lord actually healed me of my heart condition, which was a beautiful story and a testament to his really glory in my life. The problem with that was though, is because the heart condition was gone, the weight that I had lost or kind of the way I had looked came back, which really I just looked a lot healthier, but in my mind, I was not the way I wanted to look. And so because of that, combined with anxiety and depression, the thing the self can, the lack of control I had in my life for the things that had happened to me, I tried to fix that with looking a certain way. And so really it was just, ultimately it was the devil just giving me another lie. I had experienced a lot of restoration in my family. I experienced complete physical healing. And so then it was just the next trial that Satan put in my life or that he, the lie he put in my life that I wasn't good enough that to be able to be good enough and have the control I wanted that I had to do it this way. And so I ended up developing severe anorexia and then bulimia as well. And it really was very severe my whole entire senior year of high school. My dad finally started to notice and he took me to a counselor and I had to go to counseling sessions almost three times a week to be able to even try and move forward in this process because it had gotten so bad that now my health was at stake and my counselor had talked to my dad and he said, she probably needs to be hospitalized soon because of the amount of weight that I was losing. And for someone who had been in the hospital a lot because of her heart condition, that didn't even scare me, which is just shows how, how deep I was in this lie in my head that I had to live this way to have worth. And eventually one day the Lord just spoke to me and he said, this trial is done. Like we are no longer doing this. Um, and to hear that from the Lord, just saying that, this trial is done. You don't have to do this anymore. 
it really was my 180 turn, I guess, to be able to change those patterns. The eating disorder continued to be a struggle up through college, but it was no longer the debilitating really sin that it was because the Lord really just redeemed my mindset and really just redeemed the reasoning behind why I was doing these things. But ultimately, again, I'm looking back and I'm thankful for it because it just allows me to reach so many more people having gone through it and able to see girls and also men as well and see how much Satan just morphs our view of ourselves. And he's willing to do really anything for us not to be strong in the Lord. But the Lord spoke to me and just said, it's no longer, it is done. And I truly believe he started my redemption for my eating disorder on that day as well. This is really a very powerful testimony, Kenna, because this is a struggle that many young and even not so young people face in their lives. And to hear that it was almost instant, the recovery, this is a very powerful testament to how God can work in our lives. And it sort of echoes part of your story later, which we will touch on that a little later in our interview. So for a young person your age, you have gone through tremendous challenges. It's it's really a very uh, difficult story um, that you have gone through. But there was another challenge in your life. You also struggled with addiction to pornography. Was it all happening simultaneously? Yeah. So I, I think all of these things that all these later struggles I dealt with started all around the same time of my parents' divorce and all these things. I think all this, the original roots of these sins began in that time. I don't think I realized that until later in life when I had done a lot of um, counseling and like looking back on it. But I do believe all those things came to the ultimate same thing. And it was lack of control and lack of worth. Ultimately, all those things come down to it that I didn't feel worthy enough, or I felt like I had to control everything for it to even feel like I had a sense of say in my life. The pornography addiction, I really think had stemmed from a younger age. And then when I was old enough to really, unfortunately, like be able to actually look up things or do that is when it really started happening a lot more. And really this, that pornography addiction really did not even find redemption, honestly, until about six months ago. And that's how long that, that sin has had a claim on my heart and in my life. Again, also a beautiful story though, because it kind of seems to be what the Lord has kind of said in my life with these trials is I've had them for a certain amount of time, but then for him, and at least in my life, he says, it is done. It is no longer. And that actually happened the same with my pornography addiction as well. It's about six months ago. And I'd already been married for a year at this time. The Lord said, it is finished. It is done. You can no longer do this. And just hearing those words from the Lord that like, it is done and hearing him say that it's just so such a command in a way. And it's so powerful to hear that being spoken over a sin that you struggled with for so long. And so I really believe that's in that moment when he finally said that to me, that I understood that the sin would no longer, not even just happen, but not even be a temptation anymore. And I've really seen that, that the temptation is even gone. And that's the, really the beauty of Jesus is that not only does he take this in a way, but he can also take the temptation away from us as well when we're willing to give him that. So really all of these trials that I've been through and how long they've actually lasted really is just what the, it's really just shows the Lord's power in my life that even though I've had this pornography addiction, probably starting from the age of 14 as well, up until the age of 23, for him just to say, it is finished, it's done, is really a beautiful testament, but also that my heart could accept that. I think I was finally in a place in a 
place with the Lord where my heart could accept that and truly believe that when he says it's finished, it is done, that I can believe that and live that way. I think another reason why your story is so powerful, Kenna, is that sometimes people are so, you know, just because we accept Christ in our heart, we're not exempt from temptation and we're not exempt from challenges. And sometimes people, especially when they're new in their faith and they recognize that even though Christ is in their heart, but the temptation is not gone and the weakness in surrendering to that temptation is not gone either. It can be extremely discouraging. You know, you start questioning your salvation. You start questioning your relationship with God. And uh, the fact that all these challenges came upon you right about the time you became serious in your faith. And yet also the story of being redeemed from that is extremely encouraging for many people. So I find it interesting in your testimony. Also, you mentioned that you felt a call to missions very early in your life. So tell me how that came. So it was, like you said, it is very, not almost funny, but it's interesting looking back and seeing the day I accepted Jesus is when all these struggles started and these temptations started as well. And in that same time is when he really told me my calling for my life. I knew it was to be in the medical field, but even greater than that was to be a missionary in the U.S., but also internationally. And so at 14, he called me to missions and he spoke to me and he said, this is what you will do with your life. You will do international missions. You will be a full-time missionary. And I've pretty much lived my life that way. And so at the age of 15, I went on my first mission trip. And I'm now 23 and I've been on 12 and I want to continue doing them. And I believe ultimately that I'll be um, a long-term missionary overseas when we get to that point when the Lord tells me it's time to do that. So really it's also just goes along with my testimony as well that I was going through all these struggles, but the Lord was still calling me in the midst of those. And I think especially when we look back, like a lot of the people in the Bible as well, that when they were going through these trials is when the Lord was calling them at the same time. And it's a beautiful story, like how you said, Helen, that just because we accept Christ doesn't make our lives easier. And sometimes it gets harder, but because it it does get harder, we're able to cling to him more and we're able to truly understand what his presence in our life is supposed to mean. And so in fulfilling that calling for my life, it just shows how he's able to use all those trials I went through on the mission field as well, because I'm able to talk to people about a bunch of different things, whether it's loss or pain or physical illness or emotional health or even the really hard things to talk about, like sexual sins and things like that, that are sometimes glossed over. The Lord has used those trials and those struggles in my life to be able to reach a large multitude of people. Let's talk about some of your most memorable and most life-changing experiences on the mission field. So you mentioned in your testimony that was your trip to Serbia. Mm-hmm. I mean, like I said, I've been on many mission trips at this point and each one always stands out to me and each trip I learn more about who Jesus is and see his compassion for his people. But the Serbia trip kind of stood out to me some because at that point was kind of around where my struggle with my pornography addiction had kind of just ended, not ended. I should say, cause I think it will always be something that I will remember and, and have to use in my testimony. But really about a week before I went to the Serbia trip is when the Lord said, it is finished. It is done. And then in Serbia, we serve with these men who have all struggled with many forms of addiction. 
And I know that for a woman to say, I have dealt with this, like it's not just men, it's not just outside of the church. It also happens inside the church. And for me to be able to proclaim that, but also proclaim my recent healing with it, it was very powerful. And then on that same trip, I was able to pray for this man who had stage four cancer in multiple parts of his body. And we were just praying, me and two other men were praying for him and just the Lord just told me to tell him that he was healed. And I 100% believed it. And a lot of times it's easy to see healings that if it's a broken hand or, and it's healed, it's easy to see that and have faith that the Lord did it. But this man, the Lord just renewed my spirit and renewed my faith that the Lord said it is finished. It is done. This cancer is finished. And the man was able to come back to the church the next day after going and getting blood work done. And he had been healed completely from his cancer And this man was a new believer. And so this was just such a step for him and his faith to be able to say, my God does heal and I can move forward in this and be able to pursue my relationship with him further and tell others of how good he is. And so I think both of those instances were really just really important in my timing with my faith that the Lord knew I needed to see the reason that I had struggled with this addiction for so many years than to see it redeemed right before going on a trip where people struggled with many forms of addiction And then just to renew my faith that the Lord heals, even when we don't always see it, that he is working. And so I think both those instances just stood out to me in my head most recently and in my heart most recently, because they spoke to me just as much as they spoke to the people there. I wasn't with you on this trip to Serbia, but I heard the account of what happened from some of the other team members. And the way they described it was, we were all praying for this man, and suddenly Kenna said, We can stop praying now. The Lord told me it's done. The cancer is gone. And I thought it sort of echoed the part of the testimony with your eating disorder when the Lord said, it's done. It's over. (laughs) You, You can stop worrying about this now. And it seems like this is a theme in your testimony that, yes, we face this struggle, but then there comes a point when the Lord says it's done and you have to accept it. You have to hold on to it, even if the visible circumstances speak against it. Like for that man, you know, he probably didn't see the visible confirmation of his cancer being done at that moment, but he held on to that hope. And then Pastor Bera from the church in Serbia confirmed that when he went to the doctor several days later, the doctors confirmed it medically. And so I I see the power of how God works. He has worked in your life, and now through you, he works in the lives of others. So what would you say, you know, having been on so many mission trips, how, how would you say the mission field has changed, being on the mission field has changed your life and your walk with Christ? It sounds like cliche to say it's changed everything, but it really has because on those trips, not only have I been able to be the gateway for the Lord's healing for these people and he works through me to help heal them physically and emotionally, but each trip he continues to heal me in new ways and, and heal the parts of me that I still didn't even realize were broken. Some of the parts are obvious, like the eating disorder and the heart condition and the pornography addiction. Those are kind of some of the obvious things that he has definitely healed, but to heal different parts of my heart that I didn't even know were broken or didn't even know still needed to be whole He continues to heal through these trips because I see these people and they just love, they just want the Lord so desperately. They so desperately need him that it makes me want and need him that desperately. And so, and a lot of people will say, and 
about mission trips is that I learned just much about God or I grew just as much in the people or as the people there did. I, it touched me more than I think I touched the people, which sounds, it can sound selfish to some people, but it's really not because the Lord wants to use us. And when he's called us, he calls us and he said, he's going to be with us always that he has not left us where we're at, but continues to grow us when we answer that call. And I've seen that happen in a lot of other people's lives as well on the mission field. And so I think it's a beautiful story that a lot of times people, people go or I go to help others, which is the ultimate point in to, in to share the gospel. But the Lord blesses us in return by healing our own hearts and healing parts of our lives that we did not even know needed him. I agree. I think this is very much the reflection of how God works in the lives of people when we think that we're giving him all that we have, he gives back to us so much more than anything we can offer him. So the series of this podcast, and we're coming close to the end of the series, is Greater Purpose. And you're still in the beginning of your life. You're very young. So in this season, what do you see as your greater purpose? For my life, and especially, I think, for the call to missions, that, like I said, over my life, is that it's really the great commission. And that's what I kind of cling to. And it says, therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the father, son, and Holy spirit, teaching them everything I've commanded you. And surely I'm with you always to the very end of age. And I cling to all parts of that, where it says, therefore go and make disciples of all nations. But then also the ending where it says, and surely I am with you always to the very end of age, because through all of these trials that I've been through, God was always there. He was always there. He was always my refuge. He was always my strength, but also just leading me and teaching me. But then the greater purpose comes in with the therefore go and make disciples of all nations, because I know that's what he's called me to do is ultimately to share his love and share his word with people, because he has given me so much in return and he has given me, given me so much understanding of my trials that I want other people to have that as well, that I want them to know that God has always been with them and that there is a call on their lives as well, that he has not left them where they're at, but is willing to meet them in their sin and in their struggles and bring them out of that. And I love how you were saying that for my kind of my life story that I was saying it's done, it's gone. And I think that's such a point to the cross when Jesus was dying. He said, it is finished, it is done. And then he gave up his spirit to the Lord. And I think that's something that can be reclaimed over a lot of people's lives that the things we have struggled with in the past or the things they're even struggling with now, they can be finished and done in Jesus name. We can't do it in our own power. We can't do it in our own strength, but in Jesus alone. And that's really what I think my purpose is in life is to tell people that, that they aren't alone, that God has always been here and that he offers healing and he offers restoration if we're willing to give it over to him. And this is a very important message. And I look forward to many more mission trips with you. I also look forward to you and your husband, Jack, being at our Greater Purpose Conference and you being part of the healing session during Greater Purpose Conference, along with Dr. Bartlett and Deanna Moore, who, who is the nurse practitioner with WMA. And so I uh, hope that our listeners glean some insight on what to expect during the conference and we'll uh, hear you there as well thank you so much for being part of this podcast kenna and uh, all the best to you and jack of course thank you so much helen thank you for having me 
I have personally witnessed Kenna being used by God on the mission field. I saw her as a highly qualified nurse examining the patients, listening to their problems, giving them advice, but also testifying how God heals the most difficult diseases. And when she boldly shares her testimony of overcoming depression, anorexia, and addiction to pornography, she offers hope to those who are struggling too. Remember the verse in Romans chapter 10, if it's verse 17, that says, Faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. When we share our testimony of what God has done in our lives, combined with the promises written in his word, we make a way for God to bring faith into the hearts of others. This is essentially the very foundation of the Great Commission. This is how we make disciples. For Kenna and many others you have heard from on this podcast, this has become their greater purpose in life. So what about you? Have you discovered your greater purpose? Have you experienced the resurrecting power of Christ in your life? In just four weeks, we will come together at the Greater Purpose Conference. It's going to be May 5th, 6th, and 7th in Branson, Missouri. And this is an event for anyone who wants to devote their life to something greater than themselves. Even if you can't attend it in person, you can register for the digital version and still be encouraged and inspired by some awesome speakers. By the way, Kenna will be one of them. Just go to our website, rfwma.org, and all the information you will find right there. If you know someone who needs to be encouraged today, who needs a boost for their hope, this is an excellent episode to share with them. Thank you for listening, and thank you again, Kenna Coward, for joining me today. I'm Helen Todd. Limitless Spirit is produced by World Missions Alliance. If you believe in the importance of the Great Commission, sharing Christ around the world and helping those in need, check out our website, rfwma.org. If you liked what you heard, consider supporting the Limitless Spirit podcast by going to rfwma.org give. Subscribe to the podcast on your favorite platform and leave us a review. Tune in next week for another exciting episode.